Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 41st episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole, brought to you by our friends at Smiley's Breezy Vapes. Special guests for this episode include former Denver Broncos wide receiver, also interventionist Vance Johnson. We'll be talking about the upcoming season of Intervention, which airs Monday night on A&E. We'll also visit with our good friend, country singer, actor, director, producer, all of that, John Schneider. Got a new movie one month away that is available today. We'll also visit with actor Chris Lowell, the award-winning movie Promising Young Woman, which will be available on Tuesday. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Now, a couple of years ago, Netflix said that they were considering consumer-friendly ways of stopping people from sharing passwords, and now we might be seeing their first stab at it. Now, some people have received an on-screen message saying, quote, Start your own Netflix for free today. If you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. Then you're asked to confirm your account by entering a verification code, which would be sent to the owner of the account by email or text. But for now, there's also an option that says verify later, which lets you continue watching. Now it's unclear how long they'll let you put it off. Now a Netflix spokesperson says, quote, this test is designed to help ensure that people using Netflix accounts are authorized to do so. Of course, if Netflix is only looking to boot unwanted piggybackers who gain access to someone's account and then never leave, this should do the trick. But for people who are intentionally sharing passwords, it just means that you'd occasionally also have to share codes, which could be tolerable unless they force you to verify every time people sign in from different locations. Now for now, Netflix is spinning this as one of hundreds of test features in various markets, so not everyone may see the message. It's also possible that they later abandon the experiment or even expand it. And by the way, a lot of people share streaming accounts. A recent survey of over 1,500 Americans found that nearly 40% of Americans are mooching off of someone else's streaming account, and about 33% do so without permission from the account holder. Now, of those who log in with someone else's account, 52% are Netflix watchers, the most common choice by far. Now, 51% of those who have a streaming account admit they let others use it, and Netflix is number one in that category, too. 72% of Netflix users have let someone else use their account at least once. Well, our first guest is former NFL receiver, now interventionist, Vance Johnson. Like I mentioned to him before we came on the air, Broncos fan before it was even cool to be a Broncos fan, and I was a huge fan of this guy, excited to visit with Vance Johnson. And first off, Vance, thank you so much for your time, brother. Thank you so much. I'm excited about being on your show and being transparent, brother. Thank you for inviting me. Speaking along those lines, Vance, we know you've had ups and downs, and uh, we've got a new season of Intervention that premieres on Monday. And how excited are you to be able to share your life experiences to make differences in other folks' lives who are going through similar experiences you have? I'm so excited about it. In fact, you know, there had to be an intervention done on me many years ago because of my struggle with my addiction, my mental health problems, and going to the hospital and being in a coma and going to get treatment and being on this new playing field now to offer hope to people. I've done interventions now for the last 
five years and when A&E reached out to me to show intervention here in Las Vegas to be a part of their team, this is the playing field that I'm going to be on for the rest of my life. And it's so needed more than ever, especially after this pandemic and what happened with all the people that are struggling with addiction and mental health problems from last year. And Vance, if folks don't realize, especially during times like this last year, it just seems like it's that much easier to go back to the old regulars that helped you get through tough times before. What is it inside of you that helps you get through challenging times like we've seen this last 12 months, my friend? You know, because I'm in my recovery and I'm a man of faith and I'm a part of a community of people that are in recovery, uh, if you remember former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Randall Cunningham, he's actually my pastor out here in Nevada. I have to be a part of something that's going to continue my growth and my walk. And so being a man of faith, I need to break transparency with the churches and let everybody know that you have a loved one or you know somebody that's struggling with addiction, and you're not just going to show up at the church and all of a sudden just get well. It's going to take some intervention to get there to share the hope so that somebody will trust you and get into treatment. I'm going all over the place right now, man, but I just need to be transparent out there to let people know that this year more than ever, because of the people that committed suicide last year in the, the, the high rise in the alcoholism cells and the way people are struggling, more so than ever, we need to educate people about interventions so that people know even more needs to be done now. And Vance, what do you think is the biggest misconception outsiders have of what an inter- intervention really is? Well, because they have a chance now, you know, to just watch the show, and a lot of people don't like it necessarily because they see that it's just a show, but no, actually, it's real. And what needs to happen now is people need to be more educated on the intervention and how this works and how people, the family, can understand that it's a family disease. And because of the addiction that, that loved ones struggling with, sometimes it divides the family. And sometimes we're enabling the family member by giving them money, giving them a place to live, doing everything we can to try to love them out of their addiction. You can't love them out of it, man. You can only love them through it. And that's why an intervention needs to happen so that we can meet them where they're at and offer help and then that next level of care so that eventually they understand that what they've gone through is a way that now they're going to be able to help somebody else. So I know I went all over the place, brother, but I just really appreciate being on your show, and I want to be transparent with your listeners. Now, a big two-hour premiere coming up on Monday, and this is uh, non-scripted. Vance, it doesn't necessarily have to be entertainment, but uh, the two-hour premiere, how excited are you to share those stories on Monday? I can't tell you how excited I am, because being an interventionist, people are going to be able to see the reality of it. Yes, you know what? It's entertainment, but it's actually a reality that people are getting their lives saved, and it's not fake. It's real, and I never would have been a part of it unless it was real. And these interventionists care about those people. We care about the loved ones. We want to educate them, and we want to be transparent so that everybody across this nation can see and identify, even with themselves, that they have a loved one that's struggling. So this premiere of this new intervention show is amazing. I'm so excited to be a part of the team, and we're going to continue to be out there and be transparent and save lives. It was a struggle here in Las Vegas for people this year, this past year, and it's time to just show everybody else that we know that you're going through the same thing. Now, you talked about being a part of a team, and that's something, the concept that you're used to. Who is the uh, the ringleader of the team? I know as a team, you have to work together and kind of keep each other's backs as well, right? Well, it's really interesting you said that, because remember, when, you, when being a former ball player, it's all about team. you got a quarterback, you got a lineman, you got your wide receivers and your running backs, you got your defense, you got your special teams, and it's the same thing when you do the intervention. 
And Ken Seavey's been there for a while, so he's been someone I've really looked up to. But even the people that are the promoters and the people that put the program together are intimately involved with us. They're just not holding cameras, but they're literally educating us. We're on Zoom calls because of the, the shutdown so that we can stay in communication and just really get to know each other and talk about what we're going to do and then make a plan to meet with the family. So it takes a lot longer than just what you're watching on television. This is about saving lives, man. So I'm excited about being a part of this Super Bowl team because we win Super Bowls every year. There you go. Now, Vance, the last 12 months for you, what were you able to find out most about Vance Johnson that you're carrying into 2021? I appreciate you allowing me to be this transparent, brother, because 2020 was the toughest year that I had in my life. I had some relationship issues where I've been going through some things because that's one thing I've always struggled with was relationships. I have not relapsed because I'm a man of faith and I just lean on my faith. Uh, if you remember former Eagles quarterback Rand, Randall, Brian, uh, Randy, I'm sorry, Randall Cunningham, he actually is my pastor out here in Las Vegas, so I'm a part of his community, of his church, and I learned so much going through that pandemic and that tough time where everybody had to be self-isolated and things shut down to see that I'm still a person in recovery and I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life, and that's why I'm glad I'm a part of the new show A&E Intervention because this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And one of the things folks see, they see the show and they see the finality of it and they think, oh, this is over. But intervention is a thing that's gonna got to continue on with the family and friends and those around until the end, right? I want everybody to hear this. It ain't over just because the show is over. There's a whole nother level because what we do for the show A&E intervention, we get people into treatment, but we have a long-term plan for them. And then we also stay engaged and we watch the progress because we know that this is not over just because somebody went into treatment. There's a 30, 60, 90-day plan, and there's other options, too, for housing. We want to make sure that they live a life of recovery, and that's what it's all about. And many people who get saved and go to treatment and then long-term re- treatment and long-term recovery, they come back to be a part of the show so they can offer that transparency to show, you know what, not only did they help me get into treatment, but they made sure that I stayed clean. A lot of people that are involved in the show have loved ones who have dealt with this. So this is a reality show that's real. That's right. And again, the two-hour premiere, Monday night, 9 Eastern, 8 local time on A&E. And Vance, I want to make sure and not only let you tell us more information about the show, but also where we can keep up with your social media journey as well. Well, I'd love people to reach out to me. I have a Vance Inspired Facebook page where I'm really transparent. In fact, I just made an apology, public apology, to one of my children who I abandoned over 20 years ago. My other kids have accepted my apology, but I need to let everybody know that my addiction destroyed many loved ones' lives. And so people can reach out to me on Facebook. They can go to the Vance Johnson Recovery Center.com. I'm not just a name on the building. I'm a part of the recovery community, so people can always reach out to me because I just want to love on them and help their loved ones get their lives saved. Well, Vance, it has been great to visit with you this morning. Truly an honor, and hopefully you have a great weekend and we can catch up again real soon. Brother, I'd love to be in your show again. I sure appreciate you reaching out to me, and thank you so much for allowing us to talk about this new A&E show intervention coming up. You're going to enjoy it. Well, thanks again to our good friends at Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road, for helping sponsor today's podcast. If you ever have a question, you can always call or text at 580-471-VAPE. That's 580-471-8273. They've got the largest selection of disposable flavors in Southwest Oklahoma. Stop in and see them at 313 Falcon Road here in Altus. 
Now, if this couple eventually does break up, at least they can say they tried everything, and I really mean everything, to make things work. The couple is from Ukraine, so get ready for some names. A 28-year-old beautician named Victoria Pustovitova and a 33-year-old car salesman named Alexander Kudle. Now, they were constantly fighting and kept breaking up and getting back together, so they came up with a plan to try to fix things. On Valentine's Day, they handcuffed themselves together and they're staying that way for three months. Now, so far, Alexander says, quote, Fights between us did not disappear. We still fight, but when we approach a dead end, we simply stop talking instead of packing up our things and walking away. So I guess it's helping them. At least sort of. Now, one more thing to answer the first question that popped into your head. When one is on the toilet, the other one sits outside with their hand in the bathroom. Love having a chance to visit with some of our friends, and uh, one of those friends is a country singer, actor, and uh, man, so many slashes behind the name as well, John Schneider. And John, always good to visit with you, brother. Hey, you too. You too. Thank you for uh, thank you for talking to me. Like like I said, I love movie day. We <laughs> shared a lot of movie days together. We we have, so, and yeah. uh, and the new movie one month out and this one is a heart-wrenching story and john I'll, I'll let you give our listeners just a little insight into the new film well i was um i was having dinner with a friend of mine a couple of years ago and uh her father-in-law had been uh diagnosed with alzheimer's and went into a home and he was a, a fairly well-to-do family and he was in this home <clears throat> for about three months when he decided he was going to divorce his wife of 50 years and marry his caregiver. And the caregiver wound up with everything, and the wife wound up with nothing. So the kids were fighting about, about how is this possible? How could this happen? Because they found out that the caregiver had, this was the second elderly Alzheimer's wealthy man she had married. And, and taken everything from the family. So that was a, it's a very sad, it's a true story that actually happens a whole lot more than anyone would ever want to know. And I, I looked at her and I said, you just, you just cost me years of my life. And she said, why? I said, I've got to write that movie. I've got to write that movie, but I, I, I'm going to write some twists and turns into it. That it, it's so funny when when I hear something that needs to be a movie, uh, the whole thing kind of falls out in front of me all at once. So the the inspiration for this movie is is totally pulled from reality. The uh, the occurrences in it are about about seventy five percent factual and twenty five percent just came out of my very strange mind. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm, you said I'm it and I didn't. About it. And it is, I would tell folks, this is not a comfortable movie. This is not a Hallmark movie. This is a movie that will keep you on the edge of your seat. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It will make you angry. So if if you are into feeling the movies you watch, you've got to see One Month Out. Barry Boswick is fantastic. Laura Calhouet has been in I don't know how many Quentin Tarantino films. Uh, Ruth Buzzy. Yeah, Ruth Buzzy is in the movie, and she's not the comic relief. <laughs> she is not playing someone who is funny. So I'm I'm very excited about it.
as an independent movie maker and a musician and all that, a lot of times it gives you the opportunity to kind of do exactly what you want. And how hard is it to want to make a movie that makes folks uncomfortable? Or, or is that maybe the creative process that inspires you with that? Well, I'm a, I was a big fan of, um, you know, people think about me as, as kind of the Hallmark guy. <laughs> but when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of Sam Peckinpah. And Sam Peckinpah made movies like uh, Straw Dogs, like The um, um, the Wild Bunch. Um, so my my history with films, a bunch of John Wayne movies, but, you know, I, I really loved uh, The Searchers, which is kind of an uncomfortable film. So it's kind of where I, where I naturally go. Uh, my wife is the one that talked me into doing... Um, Movies like Stand On, which I love. I love lighthearted fun. I, I, I enjoy that. There's a time for that. But there's also a time, I think, for a, a movie that makes you feel a little dirty. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I had, uh, had someone who watched this, uh, this movie not long ago, and they said I was, I was enraged by some of what happens in this film. Uh, and not that you, they were mad at the movie; they were just mad at what was going on because they know it's they know it's true. There are people out there who prey on the on the sick, and uh, I think it's uh, it's a good thing to shine a light. I don't want to live there, but I would like to shine a light on it so that people are just a little more aware uh, as they're going down a, an uncomfortable road. Um, and let's face it, you can't make a comfortable movie about Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's right. Right? That, that and, is right. And uh, I talk about my, uh, I had an experience with Alzheimer's in my family. It was my, my stepmother's mother. And she was 80 years old, and it wasn't unusual to find her running around in the sprinklers in the backyard in her underwear. And I remember some members of my family being uncomfortable by that and kind of ridiculing her because of that. And then, God bless my dad, my dad said, look, if, if Marner thinks she's four years old and wants to run around in the sprinklers in her underwear, she's not hurting anybody. Let her be four years old. That's none of your business. And uh, that, made a, that made a mark on me. And so, so part of the if there is such a thing, part of the joy of the person going through it is also included in this film. So um, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. I can't wait for people to see it, so I can read what they have to say about it. But this, this movie, it's been sitting for. Uh, it had to be restored. I don't know if you know that story, but this movie. We filmed it in 2016, and then the, all the hard drives got flooded, or they didn't. They they got saved from a flood, but they were all they were all moist. They were all damp. They, all the files got uh, corrupted. So every frame of this movie and every bit of the sound had to be restored. So this is um, this is far more than a than a uh, than a film. This truly is a labor of love for me and for my wife and for all those who've been involved. Um, so I'm, I am 
more than anxious to find out what people think of this movie. That's right. And John, if folks want to find out more information about the movie One Month Away and uh, all the other, I know you got new music and, and other projects you're working on as well. What's, uh, what's the best place, my friend? Great thing to do. Get a hold of my app. It's called John Schneider. And uh, it's a free app. It will take you to the movies. It'll take you to the music. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. But if you just want to go and check out the movies, go to Cineflix, D-O-D, dot com. That's C-I-N-E-F-L-I-X, D-O-D, dot com. The first movie that'll come up is uh, is One Month Out. If you uh, would like to have a fun ride with the... With, uh, the guy from the Dukes of Hazard who loves Smokey and the Bandit, then get a hold of Stand On It. Stand On It is, uh, is Alicia and I's tribute to Smokey and the Bandit. If you want to get a DVD, uh, the app will take you there, but you can also just go to johnschneiderstudios.com. And uh, Stand On It is there. One Month Out comes out on April 1st. And uh, there's all kinds of great stuff. The new music is there. Truck On is there. Uh, the soundtrack album to stand on it is there. Christmas cars, all kinds of uh, all kinds of wonderful things, and we're totally independent. So when you when you purchase something from either our streaming service, which is ours, Cineflix is ours, or from our store, we really appreciate it. Uh, we know it right away. I get a little ding on my phone, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I couldn't say I was an independent. Uh, filmmaker if I wasn't also an independent distributor. Right. So, uh, so it really, really is important. We're not part of, uh, we're not part of any big company. Um, we are a, uh, I'm sitting in my mother's old house. My mother passed away, but I'm sitting in my mother's old house here at the studio. It's called Miss Shirley's. It's where all the DVDs and all the music are. We are a truly a ma and pa organization. So we do so appreciate your support. All right. And, well, uh, I promise. I promise. <laughs> you get a movie or some music from us, you, you're never going to see anything like it anywhere else. We've, our movies are not done by committee. They are done by sweat and blood and love. So check them out. That's right. Well, John, always great to visit with you, my friend. Have a, a great movie release weekend and uh, look forward to catching up again real soon. Thank you, buddy. You have a great day. Again, thanks to Shelly and the gang over at Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road, for helping sponsor today's podcast. Of course, stop in. They've got red basket specials always, plus new hardware and the largest selection of disposables in Southwest Oklahoma. You can always call or text 580-471-VAPE. That's 580-471-8273. Now, three imaginary words your favorite TV shows made up in the mid-90s are now an actual part of the English language. Dictionary.com just updated its database with lots of new words, including two from The Simpsons and one from Friends. Because if people repeat made-up words enough, over time they turn into real words, right? Well, the two words from The Simpsons are from an episode in 1996 called Lisa the Iconoclast. They are cromulent, which is defined as acceptable or legitimate, and embiggen, which is defined as to make or become bigger. Now, the word from friends is supposedly, which comes from an episode in 1995 called The One Where Heckles Dies. 
The definition is, as may be assumed, imagined, or supposed. And they aren't the first dictionary to validate these words either. Embiggen is already in Webster's, and all three are in the Oxford English Dictionary. Now, some of the other words Dictionary.com added in this new update include doom scrolling, deep fake, invoice, indoor voice, super spreader, and golden doodle. Our final guest is actor Chris Lowell. The award-winning movie Promising Young Woman. The movie is available for the first time everywhere coming up on Tuesday. Uh, You've heard about it. You may have seen previews for it. Promising Young Woman. We've got Chris Lowell on the line. And first off, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for letting me talk about this crazy movie. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, the feedback and the anticipation of the release of the movie and all of the stir going along with that. I mean, how overwhelming is that for you, Chris? You know, you never know as an actor when you take on a project if it's going to be seen by anyone. You know, I've definitely worked on jobs that I have loved that have never seen the light of day. And I've worked on jobs that I thought no one would see that end up becoming like juggernauts of cinema, you know, and, and I, you just never know as an actor. And it's always a great feeling when uh, a piece of art like this is able to find an audience. And this one certainly has, it's just a wonderful thing to see the movie getting the reception that it, that it has been getting. And I think it also speaks to where we are in our culture right now, that this is a movie that people want to see and want to talk about and want to celebrate. And Chris, the times we're living in being weird as they are, and like you mentioned, people being fine with feeling a little uncomfortable. And was that kind of hard for you to to even imagine the storyline of this being such a popular topic, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember getting the script and, and thinking it was so heavy. And in, in fairness, my character is a uh, a particularly dark character in the film. And I remember going to shoot it and talking to Carrie Mulligan the, the day I arrived and sort of asking her, you know, what was it about the film that drew her to it? And, and I remember her saying, you know, like everything I do is so dark and dreary, but this film was so funny and crazy. And I was like looking through my script being like, this is funny. This is a funny movie, you know? And I think it's a real testament to Emerald, the director and the writer, that she is able to take such a... Um, controversial subject matter and also find moments to be hysterical and very funny and very playful and loud and unique. And, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of movies where you can in the same film, in the same story, find yourself, you know, laughing out loud and also in the same movie staring, you know, watching the movie between your fingers because you're so uncomfortable or scared about what's going to happen next. Film does that in space. Now, promising young woman, for you to have this come out in the midst of the pandemic, I mean, what has this last 12 months maybe taught you, Chris, whenever you're uh, anticipating some new work? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was scary. Uh, I was shooting the fourth season of glow, which is a show I've been on on Netflix for Mm -hmm. four years. And we were going into the final season and we'd made it two weeks in when we got shut down and uh, because of the pandemic. And I mean, it's been a really scary time, obviously for everybody on so many levels. Um, But in that, that uh, has rippled into the entertainment world as well. I mean, stuff, you know, everything really shut down. You know, this is a, this is an environment, a professional environment that requires people 
touching each other's faces, ha- not being able to wear masks, being much closer than six feet apart. Oftentimes, you know, it's, it's been a really difficult uh, 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 industry to navigate uh, during the pandemic. And I've actually done a couple of days on jobs in, in this time. And I can tell you, it's, it's a hard work environment. You know, I mean, normally the environment on a set really um, is, it's crucial that it has a, a, a lot of, you know, it's a team sport. You have everybody and there's normally a real convivial atmosphere. And right now working is, you know, it's scary. Everyone's getting tested right and center. You're having to zone people off. You're having to take your mask off and it, it's nerve wracking. So uh, uh, I'm very much looking forward to a time when everybody is vaccinated and we can go back to, uh, uh, obviously our regular lives without masks, but certainly, um, a working environment where, where it can feel the way that it once did. And, and, and I look forward to, uh, to those days as much as I'm sure everybody does. Chris, talk about whenever you come on set, how much different it is to try to get back into role, especially with all of the all of the precautions that have to be taken. I mean, does it take a little bit longer? Absolutely. Everything moves slower. Um, you know, normally when you're on a set, uh, it, it's it's 150 people all working simultaneously. You know, if um, you're setting up a scene, you've got the grips and the camera team setting stuff up. You've got the props and the lighting department and the costumers. You've got the hair and makeup, getting the actors ready. You've got the sound team putting mics on actors. You've got the actors themselves rehearsing their lines, rehearsing their blocking. You've got the director talking to the writer. Now imagine all of that, except the way it works now is we have to, everyone leaves the set and only the lighting department goes in and sets up. Then they leave the set. Then the props team comes in and so on and so forth. It just moves a lot slower. And then as an actor, you know, I'm trying to think about my lines, the scene, my connection to these characters, but I'm also having to think about when I take my mask off and is it safe to do so right now? And are, you know, have these other people around me, you you know, sometimes there's scenes where you have a ton of extras and have they all been tested? And it's just, it's a scary, you know, it's very hard to sort of stay in the moment when you're simultaneously having to think about, you know, your own health and safety. What have you changed the most in your working your craft as a result of this last year, maybe that you're going to take with you as you move forward as well? I mean, probably the biggest one, and I, I, this is just something the older I get, the more I appreciate it, is just having a job at all. I mean, (laughs) this is an industry that so few people find success in. And the fact that I've been able to find any uh, I, I'm just grateful for the work. I'm grateful to have a job. You know, I mean, this, we, so many people have lost their jobs in the last year. And the fact that, you know, I, I, if I ever get to work again, I'll, I'll count my lucky stars. You know what I mean? That's right. Well, Chris, I always want to make sure and let folks know where to find more information about the movie. Again, it's uh, it's available on uh, demand, on video on demand coming up on Tuesday. The promising young woman, Chris, where find more information. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I, you know, it, the, the Film Nation is the, the company that put it out. I think you can uh, learn more about me if you want. Uh, I'm on social media, Mr. Chris Lowell. I, I, I work as a photographer as well, and all of my photographs are there. Um, you can also see me on a show called Glow on Netflix, which is hysterical and a very different role than the one that I play in Promising Young Woman. Um, it's about women's wrestling in the 80s, and it's ridiculous, uh, and I love it. Um, 
But I really do think that for, for anyone who's on the fence about this movie, Promising Young Woman is a movie that you have never seen anything like it before. You will not forget this movie. And it grabs you from the start and it does not let go until the credits are rolling and long after that. That's good stuff. Well, Chris, looking forward to checking out the movie myself. Hope you have a great weekend and uh, looking forward to catching up again real soon. Same to you, Cameron. Have a great weekend. Take care. Well, thanks again for joining me for this 41st episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, maybe anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GQ with Cam. You can also contact me on the website, gqwithcam.com, under the contact tab. Of course, if you'd like to help out in the funding for the podcast, click on over to the merch store at gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Brandon Allen for coming up with the theme music. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Join me back here for episode 42 coming up Monday.